Letter thirty three of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three by Samuel Richardson. Letter thirty three. Miss Clarissa Harlowe in continuation mr lovelace told me that on the supposition that his proposal in relation to my cousin morden might not be accepted he had been studying to find out if possible some other expedient that might be agreeable in order to convince me that he preferred my satisfaction to his own he then offered to go himself and procure my hannah to come and attend me as i had declined the service of either of the young misses sorlings he was extremely solicitous he said that i should have a servant in whose integrity i might confide i told him that you would be so kind as to send to engage hannah if possible if anything he said should prevent hannah from coming suppose he himself waited upon miss howe to desire her to lend me her servant till i was provided to my mind i said your mother's high displeasure at the step i had taken as she supposed voluntarily had deprived me of an open assistance of that sort from you he was amazed so much as mrs howe herself used to admire me and so great an influence as miss howe was supposed and deserved to have over her mother that mrs howe should take upon herself to be so much offended with me he wished that the man who took such pains to keep up and inflame the passions of my father and uncles were not at the bottom of this mischief too i was afraid i said that my brother was or else my uncle antony i dared to say would not have taken such pains to set mrs howe against me as i understood he had done since i had declined visiting lady sarah and lady betty he asked me if i should admit of a visit from his cousin montague and accept of a servant of hers for the present that was not i said an acceptable proposal but i would first see if my friends would send me my clothes that i might not make such a giddy and runaway appearance to any of his relations if i pleased he would take another journey to windsor to make a more particular inquiry amongst the canons or in any worthy family were not his objections as to the publicness of the place i asked him as strong now as before i remember my dear in one of your former letters you mentioned london as the most private place to be in and i said that since he made such pretences against leaving me here as showed he had no intention to do so 
and since he engaged to go from me and leave me to pursue my own measures if i were elsewhere and since his presence made these lodgings inconvenient to me i should not be disinclined to go to london did i know anybody there as he had several times proposed london to me i expected that he would eagerly have embraced that motion from me but he took not ready hold of it yet i thought his eye approved of it we are both great watchers of each other's eyes and indeed seem to be more than half afraid of each other he then made a grateful proposal to me that i would send for my norton to attend me he saw by my eyes he said that he had at last been happy in an expedient which would answer the wishes of us both why says he did i not think of it before and snatching my hand shall i write madam shall i send shall i go and fetch the worthy woman myself after a little consideration i told him that this was indeed a grateful motion but that i apprehended it would put her to a difficulty which she would not be able to get over as it would make a woman of her known prudence appear to countenance a fugitive daughter in opposition to her parents and as her coming to me would deprive her of my mother's favour without its being in my power to make it up to her oh my beloved creature said he generously enough let not this be an obstacle i will do everything for mrs norton you wish to have done let me go for her more coolly than perhaps his generosity deserved i told him it was impossible but i must soon hear from my friends i should not meantime embroil anybody with them not mrs norton especially from whose interest in and mediation with my mother i might expect some good were she to keep herself in a neutral state that besides the good woman had a mind above her fortune and would sooner want than be beholden to anybody improperly improperly said he have not persons of merit a right to all the benefits conferred upon them mrs norton is so good a woman that i shall think she lays me under an obligation if she will put it in my power to serve her although she were not to augment it by giving me the opportunity at the same time of contributing to your pleasure and satisfaction how could this man with such powers of right thinking be so far depraved by evil habits as to disgrace his talents by wrong acting is there not room after all thought i at the time to hope as he so lately led me to hope that the example it will behove me for both our sakes to endeavour to set him may influence him to a change of manners 
in which both may find our account give me leave sir said i to tell you there is a strange mixture in your mind you must have taken pains to suppress many good motions and reflections as they arose or levity must have been surprisingly predominant in it but as to the subject we were upon there is no taking any resolutions till i hear from my friends well madam i can only say i would find out some expedient if i could that should be agreeable to you but since i cannot will you be so good as to tell me what you would wish to have done nothing in the world but i will comply with excepting leaving you here at such a distance from the place i shall be in if anything should happen and in a place where my gossiping rascals have made me in a manner public for want of proper cautions at first these vermin added he have a pride they can hardly rein in when they serve a man of family they boast of their master's pedigree and descent as if they were related to him nor is anything they know of him or of his affairs a secret to one another were it a matter that would hang him if so thought i men of family should take care to give them subjects worth boasting of i am quite at a loss said i what to do or where to go would you mr lovelace in earnest advise me to think of going to london and i looked at him with steadfastness but nothing could i gather from his looks at first madam said he i was for proposing london as i was then more apprehensive of pursuit but as your relations seem cooler on that head i am the more indifferent about the place you go to so as you are pleased so as you are easy i shall be happy this indifference of his to london i cannot but say made me inclined the more to go thither i asked him to hear what he would say if he could recommend me to any particular place in london no he said none that was fit for me or that i should like his friend belford indeed had very handsome lodgings near soho square at a relations whose wife was a woman of virtue and honour these as mr belford was generally in the country he could borrow till i was better accommodated i was resolved to refuse these at the first mention as i should any other he had named nevertheless i will see thought i if he has really thought of these for me if i break off the talk here and he resumes this proposal with earnestness in the morning i shall apprehend that he is less indifferent than he seems to be about my going to london and that he has already a lodging in his eye for me and then i will not go at all 
but after such generous motions from him i really think it a little barbarous to act and behave as if i thought him capable of the blackest and most ungrateful baseness but his character his principles are so faulty he is so light so vain so various that there is no certainty that he will be next hour what he is this then my dear i have no guardian now no father no mother only god and my vigilance to depend upon and i have no reason to expect a miracle in my favour well sir said i rising to leave him something must be resolved upon but i will postpone this subject till to-morrow morning he would fain have engaged me longer but i said i would see him as early as he pleased in the morning he might think of any convenient place in london or near it in meantime and so i retired from him as i do from my pen hoping for better rest for the few hours that remain of this night than i have had of a long time clarissa harlowe End of letter 33